The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 292. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Brian McClanahan. Like my Facebook page at Brian McClanahan. And of course, subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast at Brian McClanahan. You can find all the social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, McClanahan.com. While you're there, give me an email address and I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mclanahanacademy.com, mclanahanacademy.com. It's always free to enroll. You do get a free class. So once you enroll, check your email. The class comes in the email, or you can just go and click on that 10 Myths of American History. It is free of charge. Get in that class. It's free, right? So you want it. I also want to tell you there's a reason why I'm a little behind this week in putting out this episode. Two reasons. One big reason is that I am working on the next class. And that class will be out in March, available for pre-order in March, if you are a McClanahan Academy subscriber. So you're going to want to be a McClanahan Academy subscriber because you'll get the best deal on the class when it comes out. This is an awesome class. It is one of my most ambitious classes in terms of the number of lectures. It is big, and it's going to have a very good price. So you're going to want to get it as a McClanahan Academy subscriber. So going out to McClanahan Academy, it's a great way to support the show. And you get great stuff when you do purchase classes. So it's a win-win for both of us. Also, you can go to brianmcclanahan.com forward slash support. You can support the show that way with a little donation of the show. Or you can buy a book plate and get my autograph on one of my six books. So if you want that, buy a book plate. Uh, also, you can go to that shop tab on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. The shop tab, you can get all your Brian McClanahan show gear on all kinds of things. You've also got the Think Locally, Act Locally logo now. So all kinds of cool stuff out there for you to get, and that also supports the show. You can also go to Learn True, T-R-U-E, LearnTrueHistory.com. That's my affiliate link for Tom Woods Liberty Classroom. I teach there along with Tom and Brad Berzer, Ken Goodsman, Jason Jewell, Bob Murphy, a lot of great people. So it's also philosophy, economics, it's a big website, a lot of great stuff. You can support the show by clicking on that too. And always please rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Go to anchor.fm, leave me a message, get involved in the show, send me your show suggestions, be part of the show, make this show better. That's what I want from you. If you're going to send me a suggestion, make sure it's something that can be done in 30 minutes, not five or five hours, not five minutes or five hours. I mean, I got to have something I can do in 30 minutes. So think about your question and how you'd want me to address that. If you leave me a message at anchor.fm, you could get on the show. Your voicemail could get on the show. So it's a great way to be part of the show. I want you to make the show better. Share it on social media. Get that organic growth. Think locally, act locally. It is the wave of the future. And this episode is going to be on that topic in some way. So let me get right into it. With the debates last night. Now, I already recorded an episode on Mike Bloomberg, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And I did it before the debates, and I thought, you know, I'm going to hold off on this. Because I'm not so certain how these debates are going to turn out, and whether Mike Bloomberg is even going to be a factor after the debates. And I think right now he probably won't, because he was, uh, I mean, it it was uh, brutal to watch uh, Mike Bloomberg try to parry the assaults that were being just leveled against him. I mean, it was a it was a pure 
hatchet job from the other Democrats on the stage, Bloomberg really didn't survive that debate. Now, the one thing he has going for him, of course, is he's got a lot of money. And so because he has a lot of money, he can still pump out millions of dollars worth of ads, something the other candidates really can't do. They don't have the means to put out the kind of ads and spend the kind of money that Bloomberg has of his own wealth to influence the election. So I'm going to talk about Bloomberg and I'm going to mention some of the things I said in the last in the podcast that I recorded that I'm not going to release about Mike Bloomberg within this. But I want to talk about these debates. And if you didn't watch them, uh, you didn't really miss much in terms of uh, substance. What you missed, again, was an all out brawl to see who could uh, who could slash the next one down. I mean, this was uh, a complete hatchet job for many of the candidates on that stage. So one of the things that I want to focus on with this is how 2020 is very similar, very similar to 1860 in terms of the political mess that's become America. And I've already done a podcast on uh, will we have another civil war, quote unquote. I don't think we're going to. But I think that American politics has gotten to be just about as messy in 2020 as it was in 1860 for a variety of reasons. A lot of that has to do with nationalism, the nationalization of every issue in America. And you've got a party, the Democrat Party, which is now just simply a collection of victim factions, right? So you've got all all these factions based on victimhood. You've got this group that believes they're a victim, this group believes they're a victim, this group believes they're a victim, and you saw that on the stage for the debates. You've got Amy Klobuchar, who was just savage because she couldn't remember the name of the president of Mexico. Now, number one, that is a huge mistake. If you're going to run for president, you need to know who the president of Mexico is because your primary role is foreign policy, which was completely missing from the debate stage last night, by the way. Completely missing. The only one who is rock solid on foreign policy in terms of the Democrats, is Tulsi Gabbard, who wasn't there. She does focus on foreign policy because that's her wheelhouse. Nobody else up there really knows anything about it. I I think, I mean, you could say, well, Joe Biden does. Joe Biden says he was president when the current Mexican president was there. He's the only one that knows him. Joe Biden, that that president wasn't even office till two years after Joe Biden left office. I mean, he doesn't know who this guy is. He's never met with that guy. Joe Biden likes to talk a big talk, but Joe Biden is all hot air. He's bluff and bluster. And this is what Joe, Uncle Joe, stuttering Joe, stammering Joe. I mean, when I looked at Joe Biden in the debate last night, and I watched these so maybe you didn't have to, Joe Biden was completely, and I've read people that said Joe Biden won this debate. Joe Biden's back. All I saw was a man who could barely get through a sentence without stuttering and stumbled all over his own words and couldn't think of things to say. He looked old, frail, and out of touch. I mean, that's as, as someone who is looking at this, and I'm not going to vote for any of the Democrats, so I'm trying to be objective in who, thinking like a Democrat, who would win that debate. And when I say thinking like a Democrat, I've got to think like the modern Democrat Party, which is not a collection of centrists, which is not a party that's based on anything but a collection of power-hungry victims. And Joe Biden doesn't appeal to anyone in that group. Joe Biden looked completely out of touch. 
Um, so Klobuchar was excoriated for this. And of course, Elizabeth Warren jumps in and says, an unfair that's a perfectly fair question. You don't know who the president of Mexico is? I mean, they did this to Sarah Palin. You don't know this person? You don't know these people? It's a perfectly fair question. And I think one that exposed that Klobuchar is not really, she, she's not ready for prime time at all. Klobuchar is not going to go anywhere. Of course, Klobuchar is trying to appeal to, you've got, you've got three people on stage who are appealing to the centrist element, or four, essentially, the centrist element of the Democrat Party. That would have been Klobuchar, Buttigieg, uh, Biden, and Bloomberg. And Bloomberg just got slaughtered. I mean, Bloomberg is out, I think. He should be. He's not going to be because he's got money. But um, you have these four people appealing to a group of people that don't really exist and don't dominate the party anymore. And that's the thing where I think 2020 is going to get very similar to 1860 if the primary is rigged against Bernie Sanders. And I think it's going to be. It's very clear as the opening bell sounded. The question was, who's electable? And everyone jumped on Bernie Sanders. This guy can't win. He can't win. We've got to appeal to the centrists in the party, the centrists that don't exist. Now, I don't think Bernie Sanders can win the election. Uh but, but, uh, because you're going to have centrists, and this is where I think things get rather interesting. If Bernie gets the nomination, or if Bernie doesn't get the nomination, what I think could happen with the Democrat Party. I don't know if it will, but what I think could happen. It didn't happen last time, but I think it really could this time. So, Bloomberg, let me talk about Bloomberg, because, again, I did a whole episode on Bloomberg that I didn't, I'm not going to air. But Bloomberg just doesn't fit on that stage. He's not someone who's going to appeal to this collection of victims. He's got too many skeletons in the closet, as they exposed last night. He's got to stop and frisk statements, which, I mean, the thing about Bloomberg, this is a guy that said things and done things that Donald Trump is accused of doing with no evidence of it. But there is evidence out there for Bloomberg doing and saying all these things. I mean, Bloomberg is the embodiment of the attacks that are being leveled on Donald Trump. So, number one, Bloomberg is on camera saying that uh, stop and frisk is good because it targets minorities. Now, in a party that is based on minority groups of victim status, which is what the Democrat Party is, that's not going to fly. I mean, he, he's on camera saying things about minorities, and you got to have that, that segment of the particularly... Uh, African Americans, you got to have that segment of the vote if you're gonna if you're going to get the Democrat nomination. You got to have that, and Bloomberg won't get it because of what he's on camera saying. And I don't think that uh, there's anyone out there that believes that this would happen. Okay, so number one, there's a strike. Number two, women and Elizabeth Warren. I mean, had the biggest hit of the night, I think, in terms of bludgeoning Mike Bloomberg when she just ripped into him on this. I mean, for all the quirky weirdness that Elizabeth Warren is. And, of course, she played in the victim status very well in this way. Of all the weirdness Elizabeth Warren is, she took down Mike Bloomberg, I think, single-handedly last night. Knocked him out of this. Because you have another faction of the Democrat Party, women. And, of course, the women that generally support the Democrats believe in women victimhood. So you've got that. And she ripped up Mike Bloomberg because of all the non-disclosure agreements that Mike Bloomberg has been part of for harassment. And I think so, I mean, Bloomberg's done because of that. He's not going to get women to vote for him. He might get some, uh, but he's not in the primary process. So Bloomberg's not going to win 
enough delegates to really get through, and again, unless they rig the election. And I think the only way he's going to do it is if he immediately says, all right, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a woman running mate. I'm going to have Hillary Clinton. This is why he's floating the idea of Hillary Clinton, which of course means that Mike Bloomberg will not make it out of his presidency standing, right? <laughs> the big joke. So um, you have, uh, of course, Warren just chopping, tomahawking Mike Bloomberg. I mean, tomahawk chop right there on Mike Bloomberg. It was, it was, the Chief Warren took him down. So Bloomberg doesn't fit that group. Then you've got his statements against farmers. Now, for all the things that have been said about this, what that, what, and I, and I spend a lot of time on this in that podcast that I'm not going to air, but Mike Bloomberg exposed what the elites in the Democrat Party really believe. The elites in the party really believe that farmers aren't going to vote for them anyways, that blue collar workers aren't going to vote for them anyways. And so what we need to do is simply push them aside. This is not long ago, not many election cycles ago, that Howard Dean, for all the stupidity that Howard Dean is, actually said, look, I want to be the guy that has the guy with the Confederate flag in his pickup truck. I want to get that guy's vote. Nobody on the stage would say that anymore because you know what? That guy with the Confederate flag sticker on his pickup truck is not the type of victim class that all these Democrats want. He might be a farmer. And farmers are stupid, according to Mike Bloomberg. But really, this shows disdain. It's part of the culture war that the Democrat Party has become. It's part of this culture war that defines this modern Democrat Party. They show utter contempt for anyone that is the great unwashed of middle America. It doesn't matter where you are from the South, the Midwest, from the West. And this is where supposedly Buttigieg and Klobuchar have something going for them because they're from the Midwest and maybe they're going to get that Rust Belt vote. And Buttigieg is trying. I mean, he keeps trying and Klobuchar is just out. And Biden's trying to go for that for that working class vote as well, coming from Delaware. Maybe he's going to be in Delaware, used to be a southern state. Maybe he's going to, I mean, he's got power in South Carolina. Maybe maybe the African-American vote is going to get Biden if they, if they feel his leg hair. I don't know. Maybe that's going to happen. But uh, I think that what Bloomberg did and what Bloomberg has done is shown the utter contempt that he has, of course, for any, and, and then, and then by, the, by the way, he's a billionaire. And of course, they hammered him over this as well. You can't have a guy that represents everything the base of the Democrat Party is against win the nomination. You just can't have it. I mean, Warren was setting the stage for this in tweets that she issued before the debate. She's going to take down this billionaire. Bernie Sanders, same thing. They're going to take down the billionaire. And they pointed out that Mike Bloomberg was contributing to Democrat. Uh, I'm sorry, was contributing to Republicans. George W. Bush, for example when Bush was in office. Now, you could say that Bush is just a progressive, so is Mike Bloomberg. I mean, th this means nothing, really. All rich people donate to both parties. It means nothing. But Mike Bloomberg cannot represent this modern, victim, factional Democrat party. It's an umbrella party of factions. It's exactly what James Madison warned against in the Federalist Essays. We don't need a collection of factions trying to take control of the government. And these factions are all united under one thing, and of course, that is big government and government power. This is what they want. This is what they advocate. Big government, government power. This is what they need to get their agenda through. They're all united in that we have to have a very large and oppressive central authority to do these things that they think are necessary to have justice for America. For whatever faction you're in, justice for America. And of course, Bloomberg can't 
I mean, he couldn't come up with any particular reason why they should release these non-disclosure agreements. He, everyone knows why, because if these NDAs were, were said you, you're released from that, Bloomberg would get throttled. This is a man that does suppress the, the free speech. I mean, he owns newspapers, and he said you can't publish anything negative about me. He's controlling the press. Donald Trump, of course, is accused of that. Bloomberg actually does it. That's another thing about Bloomberg. So you've got all the things that are against Mike Bloomberg. There's no way he's going to get this nomination unless, again, it's stolen from Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is the only other person on stage. He has a clear shot. He's opened up a huge lead in many states. He is the guy that I think the Democrats want because of the base of the party. This is who they are. All right, before I get into that, I'm going to take a very quick break. I'll be right back. I'm going to talk about McClanahan Academy in the break. You don't want to miss that. You want to get in McClanahan Academy right now because within the next couple of weeks, you've got the pre-order coming out for the class. So I'll be right back in a minute. Let me talk to you for a minute about McClanahan Academy. I know at the beginning of this particular podcast or this video, I talked about McClanahan Academy. But let me go into a little more detail about why I think you should sign up for it and why, and why I created it. First, a little bit about me. I have a PhD in American history from the University of South Carolina, and I've taught in the college environment for 20 years. And I've seen college students get worse over time, the curriculum get worse, and students are being indoctrinated more than educated now in our higher education system, whether it's high school or college. So I wanted a counterweight to that. And this is why I created the McClanahan Academy. Now, first, it's always free to enroll at McClanahan Academy. You sign up, it's free. And I give you a free course, 10 Myths of American History, when you do sign up. So it's a great way to get an introduction to what I do. But I've got eight courses for sale there and more forthcoming. All of these courses are designed to give you the non-PC version of American history, to take the red pill, so to speak. And I've got two courses in particular, my U.S. History Survey courses, which are designed for homeschoolers. So if you're a homeschooler and you want a good curriculum and uh, my family has homeschooled all of our children from the beginning, and you want a solid history curriculum. That's why I designed the United States History 18, to 1865 and 1865 the present. You've got enough material. You've got lesson plans. You've got uh, tests. You've got reading material. You've got reading seminars. You've got 36 weeks. If you take them, buy them both, you've got 36 weeks of material, and it can be used as a high school history curriculum. Or if you're just a lifelong learner, you can use it otherwise. But it's a great way to get a real history education devoid of Marxism and progressivism and political correctness. So sign up at mclanahanacademy.com. That's mclanahanacademy.com. Again, always free to enroll, and I'll see you there. All right, we're back. On the other side, talking about the debates last night, Mike Bloomberg, Joe Biden, Amy Klobuchar, all the Elizabeth Warren, all the people up there. Um. Let me, let me talk about what I think could happen, and, and I'll address some of the other people. So Bloomberg, his comments about farmers reflect this general disdain for working-class Americans and the culture war. This is what it's all about. It doesn't, it's not just about farmers being stupid. I don't think Mike Bloomberg could show anybody how to do anything in farming. He said, I can show everybody how to be a farmer. He couldn't do that. All right, there's no way. And, of course, we all know about farmers. And this shows where these, I mean, the, the things have not changed in America. You've got Jeffersonians against Hamiltonians. Bloomberg's a Hamiltonian. It's all the same. And I went into that in a lot of detail again on that, on that episode, I'm not going to release. But I mean, just to generally mention it, I think it's important to mention that. 
but you've got uh, you've got Elizabeth Warren, who is a liar. No one can trust this woman. I mean, she really is a liar. She's lied about so many different things. Uh, you've got Joe Biden, who's also a liar and senile. You've got uh, Buttigieg, um, who just, uh, I think, uh, you know, of all the candidates up there trying to be centrist, he, he tried. But when he did mention things like, well, Bernie Sanders' health plan is going to bankrupt the United States, nobody cares in the Democrat Party about that because it's a, it's a collection of victims. They don't care about fiscal restraint. That's gone. There are no Democrats anymore that really care about fiscal restraint. They don't care about balancing the budget. They don't care about controlling spending. That's gone. Buttigieg is trying to appeal to a group that doesn't exist anymore. And then, of course, Klobuchar just gets blown away because um, she's, uh, I should say, Elena. Elena Klobuchar uh, gets blown away uh, over her lack of knowledge on foreign policy, which is a big deal, right? And Buttigieg is also inauthentic. The only thing you have up there, and of course that's been exposed with this quote-unquote military career, which is inauthentic. The only authentic person with a military career up there was Tulsi Gabbard, who's not there anymore. So all the candidates up there, Bloomberg cannot appeal to the factions. Elizabeth Warren's not authentic at all. Everyone knows that. Joe Biden is too old and senile. And really, I mean, he's a career politician. I mean, can you really trust a guy that's been in the Congress or on the executive uh, branch, or in, in some level of the general government for most of his life. You can't trust someone like that. Uh, Buttigieg, not authentic. Uh, Klobuchar uh, might be authentic, but she's just not, she's not ready. The only authentic candidate is Bernie Sanders. This is a guy that's an authentic communist. He really is. He's an authentic communist. And I think this is where uh, Joe Rogan, when he was asked, about Bernie Sanders. Yeah, I'd support Bernie Sanders. He's the only authentic candidate on the side of the Democrats. I mean, I think Donald Trump's authentic. He is he is authentically American. I talked about that. And Donald Trump is, and I, I guess Bloomberg is an authentic Hamiltonian in that way, but he just can't appeal to the factions. Uh, the fact is, the only authentic Democrat that would appeal to the solid number of the base is Bernie Sanders. He's an authentic communist. He's got his Stalinist supporters. Uh, there are, I mean, look, the Bernie bros are Stalinists. There's no doubt about it. And he was asked about this. He's not going to disown those people. He's not going to disown his base. He's not going to disown the people that will go out and thug for him. He's not going to disown people that will go out and beat people up or promise to put people in gulags if Bernie Sanders is elected. That's what Bernie Sanders wants. You will be assimilated. This is why I think Bernie Sanders will go down in flames when he gets the nomination, if he does. But he's the only authentic candidate on the stage that would appeal to all the different factions of the Democrat Party. He makes pie-in-the-sky promises, free college for all, free health care, $15 an hour minimum wage, the economy be damned. He doesn't care about it because that's not what Marxists care about. They don't care about that at all. That's not what Stalinists care about. We'll have a five-year plan or something that Bernie Sanders... Uh, he's not authentic in terms of his health. He's questioned about that. He's had a heart attack recently. The guy's 80 years old. He's not in good health. He probably won't make it eight years or even maybe four years as president. I mean, he, he's, he is 80 years old. That is getting an advanced age. It's very difficult. I mean, if he does, we know that uh, Ronald Reagan was considered to be too old as he got into the... But here we have uh, Bernie Sanders, who's older than that. So... I think that uh, Sanders, though, is the only authentic candidate. And this is what I think where I say that 2020 reflects 1860. 
You've got this base of the Democrats, left wing. These people are radicals. These they're Marxists. I remember years ago, I I called somebody a progressive, a Marxist, and they, oh yeah, yeah, I am. This is on a website that no longer exists. They and I was surprised by it. this. is This is over a decade ago. I was surprised by how openly they were saying they're Marxists now. They're communists. They're Marxists. This is what they support. This is who they are. Democrats for a long time tried to hide that. They don't do it anymore. They're open about it. And that's because they think this is now mainstream. It's been accepted. I don't think because the boomers, the baby boomers, are still the ones, 70 years old, and this people those in the 70s, those in their 60s, these are still the dominant voting class in America. There are still a lot of people that remember the Cold War. Now the millennials don't. They have no clue about it. And this is dangerous. Uh, they don't remember what communism actually is and does. But you certainly have a faction that believes that communism is the way forward. So I think Sanders is the only authentic candidate, which is why he's going to get the no enough delegates to win the nomination unless it's pulled from him. Now, here's what's going to happen. I, I think could happen. This is why this is 1860. On the Republican side, you've got Donald Trump, who certainly appeals to a different type. I mean, it's, he's pulling in the Pat Buchanan voters, those that uh, wanted someone to fight back the more populist side of the Republican Party. But you do have that never Trump faction like Rick Wilson and others. Uh, I think, you know, National Review has generally been on that side. Bill Kristol, some of these people that will never support Donald Trump. They're trying to primary him with Bill Weld. It's not working. But I could see a Republican running to try to pull votes away from Donald Trump. I could see another, a moderate, quote-unquote, moderate Republican trying to run, or someone like Mike Bloomberg running independently. This is what I could certainly see. Mike Bloomberg could pull it off because he's got the money. It would be like another Ross Perot situation. And Mike Bloomberg would try to appeal to the moderate voter. He'd try to appeal to the Republican that never Trumper. He'd try to appeal to the non-Bernie Sanders voter. I think this is what clearly could happen if Mike Bloomberg does not get the nomination for the Democrats. And I don't think he's going to, but I do see Mike Bloomberg being able to run a third-party campaign against Donald Trump and against Bernie Sanders. This is why this could be 1860. Now, on the other hand, I could also see Bernie Sanders pulling the same thing if someone like Mike Bloomberg gets the nomination. In fact, what I could see happening, because Elizabeth Warren is not going to get the nomination, but I could see Sanders and Warren, even though uh, they now have this little tiff where Sanders called Warren a liar, which he is, maybe setting something up like that. But, or Sanders and... Um, uh, some other female vice presidential nominee. Um, somebody like that. Stacey Abrams, maybe. Uh, but, I mean, Stacey Abrams has come out in Georgia saying, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I want that power. Give me that power. If somebody's going to say I'm vice president, I want to be vice president. I want it. That's not the kind of person you really want in the office. But regardless, Stacey Abrams is still out there and I think could be a, a major player in this election. But what I think could happen, this is why I say this could be 1860 all over again. You could certainly have three, we haven't had three candidates vying for the presidency, major candidates, since 1996. The last time really Ross Perot pulled, I mean, 2000, you had Pat Buchanan. 
And Buchanan represented that, what now is the Trump supporter in a lot of ways. But you still had establishment candidate George W. Bush. And, uh, but 96 and 92, you had Ross Perot. And of course, Ross Perot is often lambasted for pulling votes away from George H.W. Bush and leading to the election of Bill Clinton. Now, I think that Ross Perot pulled votes away from both candidates. And a lot of people voted in that election who maybe not have voted otherwise. But I certainly think you could see someone like Bloomberg running this never Trump slash never Sanders campaign. I mean, this is that would be the basis of their campaign. Never Trump, never Sanders. Appealing, trying to appeal to that moderate voter. The person in the middle just wants to I mean, we, they don't like the rhetoric of Donald Trump and they don't want to be a communist like Bernie Sanders. So we're going to go for Mike Bloomberg slash Hillary Clinton. This is why they're floating Hillary Clinton to get that centrist vote. Even Barack Obama doesn't want Bernie Sanders to get the nomination because I think they all realize Bernie Sanders is dangerous for the Democrat Party, even though this is the party they made. This is the party Barack Obama made, the victim party. Barack Obama is, in many ways, just as much responsible for the victim party as anybody else. So, could this be 1860? Now, we don't have a fourth candidate. There's the catch. What I could also see happening is um, maybe you have another Democrat run, somebody else as a Democrat that's not Bernie Sanders. Somebody else that's a centrist that's not Bernie Sanders. I mean, really, Mike Bloomberg could just drop all pretenses of running for the Democrats and just say, I'm running independently. And he could just do it. He's got enough money. He could just do it. He doesn't need the Democrat Party. He doesn't need a party nomination. And that's where Bloomberg, I think, would have the most success. I don't know who would win out of that because I think, uh, I still think Donald Trump, with the core support that he has for the Republicans, would pull enough votes to win in the Electoral College. Bernie Sanders would certainly get all the leftists in America to vote for him. He would get every single communist leftist out there to vote for him. Bloomberg would get some votes, but I do think in that scenario, if it's Trump, Bloomberg, Sanders, Trump wins re-election. I think if it's Trump, Sanders, Trump wins re-election because of the dedication of the Trump supporters. I don't know of many people that were are supporting Trump that would support Mike Bloomberg. I just don't see it happening. Not with the current comments, but he does appeal to a certain segment of the American population, the elites, those that uh, oh, were intelligent, were the NPR crowd in some ways, the sophisticated, knowledgeable NPR crowd, which would maybe support a Mike Bloomberg candidacy, particularly if you throw in Hillary Clinton. You're going to get, and Obama, I think, would then support that ticket. And of course, Obama might pull, I mean, but Sanders, Sanders, I really think in this election, if he does not get the nomination, you are going to see a major departure of Sanders supporters away from the Democrats and supporting a third-party run. You've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, essentially. I mean, she is, I think she would lead them away from the. She's not even contributing to the Democrat Party anymore because she realizes she's, uh, the Democrat Party has got this split in it. Is she? I mean, you've got, you've got the Sanders faction, the, the far-left radical faction, which is, really is the core of the party, and then you've got these moderates that she's trying to distance herself from. I think you could certainly see that happening. But here's where this all comes down to think locally, act locally. All of this doesn't matter. One thing I'll say about Bernie Sanders being authentic, he was the mayor of, uh, the, um, of Burlington, Vermont. The mayor of Burlington, Vermont. 
right? So he started in local politics and worked his way up. Cortez didn't do that. This is the thing. I watched a little video of Cortez, the first, her political awakening when she went out to an Indian reservation, opposed a pipeline. So we got to get involved in national politics. If you really wanted to help people, you should have gotten involved in New York. That's where you have all the problems. But this all comes down to think locally, act locally. What we really are seeing on the stage is a national party, quote-unquote national party, that's ripped apart by factions. It's ripped apart by factions because you've got all these victims in it. And all these victims are complaining and the real rubber meets the road at the local level. And they just don't realize it. They don't see it. They think, I mean, you've got Mayor Pete. That's one thing. Biden's attack on Mayor Pete was attacking him for being a mayor. For Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean was a mayor, and so he can't handle national politics. Mr. Bean was doing things that were more real than Joe Biden ever did. But this is the disdain that the elites have for the great unwashed of middle America. And I think that was a badge of honor for Mr. Bean to be a mayor and have to work on things like streetscapes and others. I mean, even Bernie Sanders, a badge of honor. He was a mayor, mayor of Burlington, Vermont. I mean, that's a badge of honor. These people, look, I support local people. What do you support, Joe Biden? A small state with like five people in it where I grew up. Doesn't mean anything. You just, you've ridden coattails. You've never won anything. You're Glass Joe, as Michael Malice pointed out. He's Glass Joe. He's never won anything on his own. He's had to ride everybody's coattails, and I don't think he's going to win this nomination on his own either. He's not back. He's awful. And I think people see right through how, right through him and how awful he actually is. So could this be another 1860? Could we have three, potentially four candidates? vying for the presidency, I think there's a real chance in that. Particularly if, the, if Bloomberg runs an independent campaign, which I could see happening. He really believes he's the only one that can stop Donald Trump. He's got the money to run the campaign, just like Ross Perot did. He could do it. He doesn't. It's a never Sanders, never Trump campaign. And I think that is the takeaway from last night's debate, that Bloomberg doesn't belong on the stage with those people. They are going to chop him to death. And the fact is, they're going to hit him for everything he's got that's not of the victim faction party. He'll just break off from that, and he'll pull someone like Hillary Clinton, and they'll say, we're the real Democrat party. Or maybe he gets someone else to run with him that could be a, uh, you know, a Republican or something that would run with Mike Bloomberg to try to pull votes away from Donald Trump. And he's going to try to appeal to the Democrat to pull votes away from Bernie Sanders. I don't know. If it was a Democrat, I think he'd stand a better chance than if he had if, if he had a Democrat running mate than a Republican running mate. But we'll see. So that's my takeaway on the debates. Uh, they were boring as usual. Um, I, I don't think there was much to it. But you've got Mike Bloomberg being essentially booted from the party last night. He's never really in it, but booted from it now. And you've got uh, these factions vying for control. And I think the, the clear winner last night was Bernie Sanders. The clear winner. And I think Bernie Sanders, unless again they steal it from him, which is going to create a, a revolution in the Democrat Party, is going to be the nominee. But I also think you're going to potentially see a third party or even a fourth party running in this election. It's going to be very close to 1860 again. And I think the ultimate winner in all that is going to be Donald Trump. I could be wrong. But I think I'm. I, I think this is where things are going now, uh, with this current political mess that we're seeing. The only difference between 1860 and now is that in 1860, uh, you didn't have a, an incumbent nominated by the party. But you're going to see that in 2020. 1860, you had 
Buchanan was not renominated. You had Stephen Douglas and, and uh, Breckenridge. But again, all this doesn't matter. Think locally, act locally is really where it's at. We need to be focusing on that anyways, focusing on the local, because that's really, again, where we're going to see the greatest gains. Uh, where There's you know, people in, in Oregon talking about seceding from, from uh, Oregon and going to Idaho. I mean, this stuff is really happening. It's the real issue of the 21st century. Focusing on these debates, which, again, I've done a podcast on it, but focusing on these quote-unquote national things is diverting attention away from what's really happening in America right now. You've got these Virginia counties talking about leaving. You've got some real discussions about decentralization that are taking place in America because people realize the national doesn't support them. And we'll see what happens from there. Hope you enjoyed this presentation, this podcast, this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. I'll see you next time.